What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Spectator Mode Podcast. This is episode number 28 on this fine Friday evening. Thank you all for stopping by and getting ready for our fantastic show. And we actually got a full house today. We've got Mace making his reappearance. We haven't seen him in, a, like, what, two two weeks now? Uh, yeah, it's been a touch. Diego's back. And, yeah. and Rob, who you guys haven't heard since the E3 special that we did back in June? Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit. It's a long time coming, my friend. So good to be back. Yeah, we've got four people on this podcast. It's a little crowded, but we'll make it work. Um, so first and foremost, as we do every podcast, we'll go and ask the question: What have you guys been playing? We're not going to ask Diego this time because he he always plays games. Oh, he, we're going to save him for last because he's, he's he's usually the best. So we'll actually have Rob go first since he hasn't been on in a minute. What have you been playing, Rob? Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, as always, I'm always playing too much Super Smash Brothers, specifically Ultimate, but yeah, I've been always playing too much of that. Um, been doing some backlog stuff. I just finished uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, because um, I was sitting around for a while, so I wanted to finish that up. Uh, what else have I done? All I can think of off the top of my head, I've been playing uh, a little bit of Battalion. Uh, that's a great game. I'm enjoying that a lot. It's very much the weird child of Call of Duty and CS. So I've been enjoying that a lot too. But other than that, yeah, that's that's been pretty much it for now. I'm trying to clear out a lot of my older games and move on to some newer stuff later. All right. Mace, have you been playing any games as of lately? I know you've been busy. I have been busy, but I do find some time to play games. Uh, at the moment, yes, as Keith laments, I have been playing the World of Warcrafts. You mean World of Warcraft? Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, that game. However, I have also been playing something that nobody has seen me play yet, and that's something I can't even reveal thanks to an NDA. So, yeah. I think I know what that is. But I won't say it. All right, so NDA's got your mouth taped up. Okay. Pretty much. All right, that's fine. Um, as I talked about last week, I've been playing a little game called Remnant from the Ashes, which is, again, it's a third-person shooter with some Dark Soul elements into it. And apparently this game has caught the gaming world by storm. Every time I see somebody talking about this game, they're like, I didn't know this game even exists. Where did this game come from? And it's been really good for Gunfire Games, which is now owned by THQ. Yeah, I know THQ is kind of a slimy publisher i i know i know but we're not going to talk about that um i've beat that i'm going through a second run um and i've gotten back into destiny 2 because i wanted to finish up my armor i finally got my uh my title today so i can actually buy the t-shirt for the uh what is it the moments of triumph 2019 because i really want that t-shirt and uh mm. after that uh i've just been actually playing some Gears of War 4 just because I really want to play Gears of War 5, so i got to get back into uh, getting back to shape. I haven't played Gears in quite some time. So, and I'm very rusty. I'm very rusty. But, yeah, I'm done. So, Diego, it's all you, man. Take it away. Oh, boy. Uh, so, I've been playing some games this week, as always. Uh, I, I'm back at school. I moved back into my dorm and getting settled in, so not a lot of gaming time. But I did find some time to play Remnant. Finally, Keith, I did. I played a couple hours of it, and it's it's good. I I vastly underestimated how much shooting would be in this game. I, I thought it would be 
more melee focused, but this is definitely a third person shooter first and foremost. It, it's it's like, like the anti Dark do, Souls, but I'm enjoying my time. And it's it's one of those games where it comes out of nowhere. A lot of people didn't even know it existed beforehand, and it's good. It's it's a nice surprise. I always like those kind of games where they come out and they're fine, and you had no idea beforehand. Other than that, I I reviewed a game this week. Oh, uh, I saw. <laughs> I saw. <Yeah. laughs> I I reviewed a game called Decay of Logos, which is an indie Souls-like kind of game with a heavy focus on exploration. I did not like this game. I really wanted to, but it has so many problems. And uh, IGN didn't like it either, but they had an outdated build. They gave it a 3.9 out of 10, which is very low for IGN standards. Um, yeah. They had an outdated build of the Xbox One version that had a ton of technical issues, game-breaking bugs, all that all that fun stuff. But they've since pulled the review because they had an outdated build. I played it on PlayStation 4, and I encountered almost all the same problems they did. Of course, the crashes have been fixed. They, they did put out a hotfix for that, but every other technical issue in this game is, is present in the PlayStation 4, and I would imagine the PC and the Switch versions, which I haven't touched, and those will be out later. I have not played the PC version, even though they did send me a copy of it. Now, for your review, somebody did reach out and say, hey, did you get a bad copy like IGN did? And I said, I don't know. We're checking with the publisher. And they got back to me and was like, these issues only exist on the Xbox One version. Though, the PlayStation 4 version does have a lot of bugs that we're finding out about. Yeah, because so, I, so I, 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 like, okay. I knew about the IGN interview before I published my review, and I, I read their update saying that they had an update to build the Xbox One version and the issues were isolated to the Xbox One version. And I knew I'd reviewed it on PlayStation 4 and it encountered a lot of the same issues, and I, I just thought to myself, oh no, I'm going to be the bad guy here because I'm going to be the one to break the news that these are not just Xbox One issues. It's not as bad as the IGN uh, review because they, they had an old, old build. But even if they patch all the technical issues, this game still is not that great. Which is sad, because I played this game back in PAX East 2017, and it had the potential. And I think yeah, you mentioned it as well. Potential. It's got a potential. Yeah, they just, just didn't it, it capitalize on it. way too much on the combat, because it's, it's a Souls-like game. But the animations are really, really weak, and the combat lacks any of the, uh, the impact that like Souls combat has, it doesn't feel good at all. There's a weird delay to a lot of the moves. The enemy AI is stupid. And speaking of AI, okay, so in this game you travel. With <laughs> I was an waiting elk, for that. An elk companion, all right, and you use them to help you solve puzzles and, and you can ride him around. <sighs> this elk has to be the worst animal I have ever had the displeasure of having in a video game. It is that I'm not even exaggerating. It is that bad. Let me let me quote his let me quote his his opening line. I've never been more frustrated by a virtual animal. And I saw that and I was like, wow, he did not this like this game. Honestly, knocked like maybe a whole star off of this review because it it's integral oh to a gosh. lot of the parts of the game. Like there's uh to access one of the one of the main areas because the way the game is structured, you have a hub and then you go out kind of like Demon Souls. You go out in different directions from the hub and there's an area with a bunch of bosses puzzles to solve well to access one of these areas there's like giant like spiral kind of thing and you're supposed to use the mechanism to get an elevator to go up and down you have to reach the bottom of it to access this area the thing is you have to use this is the part of the game where like hey you're gonna have to use the elk to solve some puzzles so it's very elk intensive puzzle solving 
Okay, you have to get the elk to stand on some pressure plates, and you have to get it to navigate through some very tight spaces, doorways, and knock down some debris. It it does not want to do any of that. <laughs> and you can't ride this elk without feeding it berries, and you can call it like, like your horse in Breath of the Wild. If you press down on the D-pad, you'll whistle for this elk, and it comes. Oh, it almost never does because the pathfinding is garbage. <laughs> but like, I needed to stand on a pressure plate so I can go solve a puzzle somewhere else. I whistled for it on this pressure plate, pressure plate, and then it, it stood there, and I walked away, and this elk just starts walking in circles. <laughs> oh, so it's no. constantly activating and deactivating this pressure plate, and I'm like, can you just stand still? And I'm like, <laughs> maybe if I ride it on there and get off, it will, it will, it will, it'll uh, stay there. So it's it's stressed out, so I need to feed it some berries, and I had like 30 in my inventory, because I pick up every berry I see, and I go to feed this elk, and it's like, you don't have any berries. And every berry in my inventory had despawned for some reason. Oh, no. <laughs> So I had to just try every combination of calling this elk and like cuddling it and like doing all these things to get it to stay and it just it, it wouldn't do it and it's just three floors of puzzles on this thing and oh no like oh my god that, that that sounds just as bad as like the pathfinding and red dead redemption 2 for the horse combined with like the unplayability of the batmobile in arkham knight hey that was that was early on no we'll say early on they fixed that crap years later years later yeah, it it would get caught on like the dumbest parts of the level geometry, and the thing is, I couldn't if I would like call it and it wouldn't turn around, and I would ride it and it was stuck, so I would have to restart the game to get the elk playable oh, again. Oh god! Multiple god. times, not even in dangerous areas, like in the hub town. It's like, and, like funny you, to you me. Can, it's hilarious. You can ride it <laughs> in open areas, like you have to manage its stress meters. So you can't ride by enemies, and this elk does not ever want to go into a full <laughs> gallop. It only ever wants to like slowly trot along. And your character is more agile, easier to control, and even faster than the elk. So I never rode this thing. And then wow. I would need it for a puzzle, but it would be like two areas behind, so I would whistle, and it would never make it because I would get caught on something. Well, you know, that's uh, damn, that's a, that's a shame. Yeah, wow. I, don't, I don't like that game. And then today I also got a chance to play Modern Warfare, the open alpha. Is yeah, out, but yeah, and that's my problem. It's only on PlayStation 4. Then I saw... Nvidia put out some stuff with, for the game or RTX. And I was like, we got a beta for the we got the beta for the, for the PC as well. And it's like, nope, just PlayStation Four. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not playing it. Yeah, it's not full beta. It's just the the new two v two gunfight mode, which I'm really liking. It's it's all close quarters maps. It's really intense. There's no respawns, so it's just whoever can take out the other duo first. And the <laughs> the loadouts are randomized at the beginning of every round. Oh like no! It might be all four of you have shotguns, or all four all four of you have uh, desert eagles. That's cool. Yeah, it's gunfight's really like dope. one of the the modes that I'm super excited for for that game. And the one thing that surprised me about Modern Warfare finally getting my hands on is that the guns feel incredible to shoot. Call of Duty is well, known good. for like great gunplay, but like I'm getting killing floor vibes from how how good some of these guns feel to shoot. Like the first time I fired the desert eagle, I was I was shocked. Like I was taken aback by the impact. It was it was great. Yeah, that was something I noticed with the gameplay, too. I mean, I haven't gotten hands-on with it yet, but the fact that, like, I've always had an issue with shooters and that, like, specifically handguns feel awful to use. It's weird. But, like, every every handgun that I've used in a video game ever always feels slightly off. It, it like, varies, but Call of Duty's always been, like, kind of, like, one of the worst ones where it just feels like it's not, like, a real gun when you're using it. It feels very, like non-impactful it's really weird but when i saw the gameplay for 
the new Modern Warfare, I, I was like watching it, like it actually looked like it was like an impactful like weapon, whereas like handguns and some of the older ones were just kind of like, eh, you know, like they would shoot, they'd fire, they'd do something, but it would just kind of do a thing and wouldn't feel like your character was actually like firing weapon. It's like I don't know, maybe that's just me, but it no, actually looked like it was and, like yeah, there there are some more like there's a regular handgun that's still kind of <laughs> a little weak, but like. There, there's a wide range of like weaker weapons to like like the shotguns in this game are incredible mm. and they actually have a lot of range this time around it's they're deceptively long range weapons having a lot of fun with it and i can't wait to get my hands on it but i do want to play the full beta to get like team deathmatch and tr more traditional modes oh yeah but that that's about it for my gaming this week oh that was pretty light you know typically you got a bunch of stuff going on there so all right i, I guess you were just tra traumatized from that damn elk that game is long too. That's <laughs> it's only twenty dollars, but that game was almost twenty hours. Like it's a long game. It took me way longer than I thought it would. So would you go back if they fixed the elk? No. <laughs> He's like, no. I don't want to touch this game. Combat is awful. I'm sorry, it's bad. He didn't even hesitate. He's like, no, I don't want to play this game. No. I like whenever you can like because it, it's it's a an exploration heavy game, but like there's enemies everywhere in the overworld, and like I don't want to fight. It's they have too much health. They're way too spongy. The the light and heavy attacks feel awful. There's, it's so bad. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll take you out of that sad place. Let's talk about something that's a lot more positive. And that was this past week, Gamescom 20, 2019 took place. A friend of mine actually went out there. Hey, Carlos, can you listen to this? Lucky SOB. Um, I wish I could have went, but I didn't. Happened, and there were a lot of game announcements. So let's talk about some of the, the announcements you were happy about. And at the same time, the announcements that you were looking forward to, that didn't happen. Open floor, anybody go. I want to talk about Death Stranding, but we can save that for last. Okay. Next. Also same. Uh, what I do want to uh, kind of start with, I guess, is uh, I'm happy that Need for Speed actually looks relatively yes. enjoyable, which that is, is a surprising good right there. Yes. most of the time. Um, as I've mentioned before numerous times, I don't think there's been a very good Need for Speed game since 2011, arguably 2005. So it's it's kind of nice to see something that actually looks like it might be fun to play <laughs> compared to some of the other ones, which have just been kind of... So when they first announced that, me and Diego were going, oh God, another Need for Speed. This does not look good. This looks like crap. Oh, and... Yeah. To be fair, all they did was show us this really crappy CGI trailer and some really bad voice acting with the cop yelling at people, which was like, okay, that's odd. But then yeah. we actually got to see some gameplay and the customization and was like, wow, okay, this looks a lot better. And then the video started coming out with the customization and the racing and the cop racing. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of excited now. I want to see where this goes. I yeah, mean, nothing, it, nothing beats you know the undergrounds and the hot pursuits. I want them to go back to that, mm -hmm. but I I was really taken back by all the uh, customization options. I do like that. I like to have a racing game where I can have free reign or as much as control as possible to deck up my car as I see fit. And mm -hmm. it looked nice. I don't know if that was on PlayStation or a PC or Xbox One, or whatever. But what we saw, the streets looked nice, the graphics looked nice, a little glossy for my taste, but it looked decent. We didn't hear anything about the system, so I, I can't really speculate any further on that. But yeah, yeah I am excited for, for that. Yeah, yeah I, I think. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't really have a, that much of a, an interest in the 
franchise, but I'm I'm interested in Heat. I I want to see what they can do with it. I'm just worried about this whole story they're going to try to force into it, like the past few games. Yeah, mm. yeah. Just the narrative edge needs to just stop because none of them have been good. Just just please stop. Yeah, yeah. And they're mm-hmm. going for it again this time. But yeah, they are. Yeah. I don't know. I I I will mention though. Also, I think a lot of the gameplay was captured PS4 Pro. At least a lot of like the influencers who got to record were on PS4 Pro. So I think. That was probably mainly where the footage came from. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it looks great. I mean, I, I was kind of like up, down, up on it. Because at first I heard the rumors about what they were trying to do. And a lot of people were saying it was going to be like an 80s, like inspired, most wanted mashup thing. Which sounded super cool. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, eh, okay, we might be in for something horrible again uh but then the, the gameplay actually looked really great i mean the customization is awesome i'm glad that that's like back in full force yeah and also that you don't have to use those, those payback card crap that was, ugh, was so dumb now you can actually like use your rep and the actual like money quote unquote very much in depth you can kind of make your own thing which is great and i'm just glad it's back it's up the same yeah. day as stranding though they're, they're both out on November 8th. Oh. That's, yeah. that's going to be a problem for some people. Ouch. I think, I <laughs> think, it, 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 we got to remember, like, you're looking forward to Death Stranding, and a lot of people may not be, and at the same time, there are, there are a lot of fans out there who like a good racing game. So if yeah. they play their yeah, cards right. different audiences, but, like, I feel, in terms of coverage and, like, the, the hardcore gaming space, oh, yeah. the majority of, of like, press is going to cover one of these games, and it's not E for Speed Heat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. We'll see if EA does what they did with uh, Apex Legends and pay people to, quote-unquote, fake the funk. What else did you guys see or did not see at Gamescom? I will say one thing that I was looking forward to and it didn't happen was information of, on the next Resident Evil. Yeah, that was mm. missing, wasn't it? It was not there. It was not there. And they were, like, hyping it up. We're going to show something. And it's like, you didn't show anything. What oh, yeah. did you show? You didn't show anything. Oh, I'm sorry. You did more Iceborne. Great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not really looking forward to it right now. So thank you for that. But yeah, I was really hoping they would tell us something about next Resident Evil. Either it was eight or the three that we know they're working on, but it was really nothing. Yeah. So, real point. I'm actually looking forward to. I know this is sort of a limited scope for us on the panel here. But the um, games that are coming that actually use the uh, NVIDIA GeForce RTX, the ray tracing uh, software that they've got in it. So, like, things like Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, even Minecraft. I need to update our article, by the way. Thank you for that. Because I, I I've looked at the videos of it. I'm like, ooh, that is extremely shiny because I've got one of those cards sitting in my computer all bloody year and I haven't had much to play it and like, take advantage of the hardware. And now we're finally starting to get the stuff that's going to take advantage of the hardware. Oh, yeah. There's so there's... I'm going I'm to have to contact NVIDIA and see if they can extend my playtime for another year just so I can get a hold of these games and actually... Oh, man, yeah. And those games come out end of this year because you got Doom... Well, you got Quake 2 came out. Quake 2 RTX is out, which is free if you have the full game. Which, which, I've, which I've already played, and it does look excellent. You got uh, Arsetto Corsa that's also out. You should check that out if you like racing games. But yeah, the big ones, Call of Duty, um, Doom, Control, which is out in a couple of days. 
do RTX. And like I said, our article is outdated, so I need to update that, but there's a bunch of games coming out. So, yeah, you might want to do that or have to pony up to pick one up. Cause, uh... But the problem I had with RTX games, as I noticed with some of them, is that it really depends on your system and how the game is because there's a lot of talk that enabling these RTX features are going to half your frame rate, which is going to be problematic for some people. And Call of Duty like you is going to be interesting. To count numbers. Hey, hey, no, 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 no. Frame rate is tied in the gameplay. If my game normally plays at 60 plus and then you drop these features in and all of a sudden my frame rate goes to 30 frames per second, that's a problem. That's <laughs> kind of a yeah, problem. So, that, that's a substantial dip. Yeah. So uh, control is going to be interesting to see. Um, Call of Duty is going to be the first real first person shooter using RTX features. So It's going to be great for that game too because even on PlayStation 4 it looks phenomenal. It's gonna be interesting single player. I don't, don't think anybody's gonna enable multiplayer. Yeah, but like for the, I, I'm sure the graphics will be a little bit better in campaign as well. Oh yeah, but that's what I'm looking gonna, forward to. It's gonna be a true like visual treat that game. Like it I guess so I, good. I was not looking forward to it, but I am gonna pick it up. I'm gonna play it on the 4K TV on the controller and just go through the whole freaking thing. I think I just might take everything, put it in the front room, put up a camera, watch me play, and just watch me roll. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about this whole like cinematic story campaign they're promising, but just some solid shooting you can for sure expect from Modern it's Warfare. It's edgy. It's hard. It's it's super scary military. Yeah, it's gonna be like you're there and like gritty. we're gonna have white phosphorus. <laughs> yeah, no, but the guns feel good. Like I mean, that's important. That's important. <laughs> um, nothing else. Nothing else exciting. Dude, I want to talk game about come? humankind. This game spoke to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. what Shimikami are you talking about? This is the the AAA game Sega said they were going to bring, and this is not what I thought it was going to be. Humankind <laughs> is the it looked like Civilization during a Gamescom opening line. Yeah, it, yeah. They had that like that guy playing like the the synth in like outer space, and then it cut to a turn based strategy game. That that they, trailer spoke to me on multiple levels. They fooled everybody. I'm watching the trailer now. My speakers are on for some reason. I even got totally blowing my headphones. Say much about it. it. Just looked like a Civilization knockoff, but like I read more about it. You make your own civilization by combining like every other part of different cultures. So instead of picking like like one civ like you would do in civilization, like instead of just picking the Aztecs or America, like you blend all these different cultures together to create a custom one, which sounds really cool. Hmm. Like I, Civilization is a great strategy game. That's that's no secret, but it doesn't have much competition. I feel like this could if they pull it off, this could rival Civ. It it could be like historical turn-based strategy game that could definitely compete in that space. Hmm. You know, I'll be honest with you, I did not follow this, but this does look interesting. I'm watching it right now and reading about it. This the trailer looks... is so, it's so strange. I don't, it feels like they're going for a different vibe of this game. And Humankind I, I like is Amplitude so. Studios a, a, a opus. playing a synthesizer in the middle of space. A okay. historic turn-based strategy game where you rewrite the entire data for mankind. A convergence of culture, history, and values that allow you to create a civilization as unique as you are. Well, that does Sounds seem cool. interesting. Huh. I have to yeah, put that on. This, must this follow caught me, this. caught me uh, at, at, like, uh, by surprise at Gamescom. It's not what I was expecting from anybody. All right. Um, I'm going to throw another thing in that I was disappointed at. Uh, and that was Avengers. Oh, yeah. Got to see more gameplay the full gameplay that they've been hoarding for the last couple of months and outside of Captain America and um, maybe Iron Man, everything else looked bland. 
Yeah. Uh, the the Black Widow fight will crap it for so long. Like they didn't release it until now. They, this is showing at E three, right? To yep. certain people. Yep. Yep. This is so. not something you hold on. Like they were like, oh, it's gonna blow your minds when you finally get to see this. <laughs> this looks like a no. like a triple A license game from twenty ten. People are not excited over this anymore. This, I, this is I mean, bad. I don't think it looks as bad as everybody's saying because it is like the opening of the game. It's gonna be heavily on rails, slowed down, scripted, basic. I'm sure it'll evolve over the course of the game. But man, I worry about if the gameplay. Get any better than that? Yeah, that's that's a problem. And it it should be the complete opposite. It should wow you as soon as you come, turn it on. This is the Avengers. It, a, a, a good contrast to that is Spider-Man. When you first played Spider-Man, it was like, holy shit. I'm swinging everywhere. I'm fighting. I'm doing everything that Spider-Man can do. And it was amazing. You got yeah, the Avengers. Kinda, it, the Avengers did look really limited, like all of their movesets. Yeah. So, but, like, I feel, because they are planning on adding adding on more post-launch, right? Like, more heroes, yeah. more locations and yeah. things. But I feel like they're going for a quantity over quality thing here. Which is not the approach I would have taken. Look, if you're gonna throw a whole heap of heroes into a video game and just have them do it, you could do Ultimate Alliance. Oh wait, no, that didn't work out. <laughs> Somebody here loved that game. Who was that? Was that you, Diego? Yeah, game of the year. Come on, guys, because everything which, 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 I got for Gamecom is kind of disappointing. Because I'll be honest, I'll I be honest. Actually, I actually like for the first time in a while. I actually enjoyed the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games uh. trailer. Like, bringing back some of the 8-bit stuff is enough to sort of get me at least to have a look at it. Plus, you know, Luigi's Mansion 3. Because we all that... know we all need more Luigi's Mansion. I'd never played that, but I saw the trailer or the, the footage. You I was like, this doesn't so look bad. Need to... need My to son it... loves it. He's He loves the game. He loves Luigi's Mansion. So. And Nintendo's got a stacked fall season, don't they? they got a lot of stuff happening. They've got uh, Damon X Mechina. They've got Astro Chain. They've got... Uh... Awakening, Luigi's Mansion... Dragon Quest yeah. 11S. So. Witcher 3. Oh, yeah. You, that you're... still blows my mind. That, that thing is running on a Switch with both expansions. Like, but it might not key, look great, but... but, like... Looking at it is why they... Hey, look, it's why he's running. In handheld mode, like, I was watching some gameplay, like, just imagine that in the palm of my hand. Like, it's the full Witcher 3 Complete Edition experience. That's incredible. Like, you gotta give them some credit for that. You I'm know, not going to play it again on the Switch because it looks the, like the, trash, There's those but... things where you, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. No, I'm not yeah, knocking it. As a product, sp- I, I wouldn't recommend yeah, buying yeah. it, but as a, as a tech demo, wow. You can do it, you shouldn't do it, so you're basically saying Skyrim. I'm basically saying Dark Souls <laughs> on the Switch. Yeah, Wolfenstein 2 on the Switch. Oh my effing God. Doom on the Switch? No, no Switch was actually pretty right. good. That was good. Yeah. I wonder w- how Eternal is going to handle on Switch. Say again? What game was that? Doom Eternal. I wonder how that's gonna well, handle on Switch. Well, Panic Button's handling it. They did a great yeah, job. Talented. With yeah, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta remember. Every five minutes, you gotta stop and put in the Bethesda netcode. Oh, oh yeah. god, the meme that's never gonna die. The so how many memes that got me because of that? They can't catch a break. <laughs> they should be doing dumb stuff. But I'll be honest, this Gamecom was kind of tame this year. The only other thing I was really excited about was Cyberpunk, and I've been following the game kind of on a low key. Or definitely coming out next week. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing that's got me bothered. I mean, they showed us something last year, and then they they got more gameplay, but they're only showing it to a few select people. Seriously, phone, stop. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of game, just like uh, the Avengers, that you should not be, oh, we've got this gameplay, but we're not going to let you see it. No, no, no. You need to let us see it so we can get hyped. Don't do this. This is not what you should be doing. 
But well, this, uh, this is this is something that I was saying last time I was on the podcast. Is that outside of like a few select titles, maybe like Astral Chain, uh, Cyberpunk, and a couple of others? There's no real new IPs coming forth. Everything's all sequels and you know franchises and already established stuff. And the stuff that's new, every company seems very timid in actually letting us see what's going on. It's almost like they're afraid to do something new at this point. Well, past history has shown that new IPs just they're hit and miss, and that's the problem. They 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 want to they don't want to take a risk. But I won't say everybody because I th- I feel Gamescom this year basically came in at at the wrong. I, I'm saying it wrong, but they came in at the most inopportune time because all the big stuff, all the stuff that we were excited for, all the stuff was already announced at E3. And now it's like, oh, Gamescom is stuck in the middle because there are a lot of companies like, we're going to wait until Tokyo Game Show to show you what we got, which is in another month, October, right? I think it's September, isn't it? Is it? Let me see. I might be confusing that with Paris Games. September. Okay, so we got the Tokyo Game Show. It's in September. And we we got some other companies that are making announcements this weekend with PAX West. Where's it next weekend? I reckon, Keith, if you're going to watch Resident Evil, it'll be at T- Tokyo Game Show. Oh, yeah, it'll be at Tokyo. Probably. Yeah, PAX West yeah. is next week. Next weekend. It's also just like kind of an awkward timing because it's not really getting towards the end of the console generation, but at but the like same it time, it kind of is. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, Gamescom is like in the middle area where it's like E3 between the next console generation happened but we're not getting towards the end of the year just yet. So it's just kind of like, there's I, I feel some like interesting stuff here. We know pretty much all of the substantial AAA games that are going to come out for the rest of this, uh, this console generation, at least until the next console launch. Cause they're due out next year. We know that that's a fact. They'll be yeah. out next fall. We have solid release release dates for pretty much everything through March and April. And summer's yeah. not really a big, a big time to release games, especially with new consoles on the horizon. So I feel like we, we know what we're going to get for the most part. We're not going to get any huge announcements until next E3, whenever the big PlayStation 5 and next Xbox blowouts happen. Yeah. Yeah, true. I'm still calling it. Um, what is it? What is that game? Ghost of... I keep pronouncing it. Ghostwire right? Tokyo. No, no, not that. What is it? The, the Sony Ghost game. Ghost of... I'm guaranteed. I'm telling you, they keep saying PlayStation 4. My ass. That coming out that's on PlayStation crushed. 5. Yeah, yeah that's sure. not coming out on PlayStation 4. Because they probably... Like... Yeah, they probably the got to the point where, like, you know, we want to do all this stuff, and we can't. Yeah. Plus, that whole trailer is, like, it did not give any indication that it was no. a tech demo for the next console. Like, it was very clearly, like, a PS4 game. But they just have heard nothing about it since. Yeah, so, I, I mean, the clearly they were coming out next year. We're a little ambitious for PlayStation 4 hardware, and they might just be holding it back now. Yeah. Probably. And then, plus, you've got Neo 2, which is coming out still, and they've had you know, Sekiro that came out. They're probably like, you know what? We don't need to rush this game. They've and had think, their fill. I think Sony knows that their their group of studios that make their AAA exclusives, their games are going to sell pretty much no matter what, and they're they're free to just like let them take as long as they need, as long as they make a quality product. And of course, that usually backfires against Sony because we've been waiting for the Last of Us Part Two for how many years now? Mm-hmm. And Death Stranding yeah. for how many years now? Be and that game, that game comes out next year. Oh, I swear to God, I hope they don't delay that. That that Death Stranding be... comes out in three months, isn't it? No, that not nuts? Death Stranding, Last of Us Two. Yeah, but 
man, Death Stranding is out in three months, though. Yeah, it's, it's crazy still... how far along it is, too. Because I feel like there <laughs> was too much lead up to it. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, this is a game now. And it's just like, whoa. <laughs> Talk right, about that, so... that gameplay they showed. It's that has me excited. Like, I'm more excited now than I was before. I'm ready to take a piss. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm ready, I'm ready to collectively piss in one spot. <laughs> yeah, have everybody piss in one spot. I'm to trying to see that, bro. Like, come on. That's just... All right. But yeah. Like, I feel like we finally have an idea of what this game's going to play like now. and that's... I still have no idea. Well, because they, they did show some more stuff, like, off off stage. But, like, we know, like, it's going to be going across... The, it's going to be a cross-country journey, uniting all these people. Like, they're, they're characters, there are stakes now. I'm, Delivering I'm pizzas. Pretty much. That's this entire game. <laughs> You're, you're the mailman. I wish we saw some combat. There was some combat in the in the last gameplay they showed, wasn't there? Was it a little bit? Some melee combat. Yeah. But like, this is not going to be a combat intensive game. I don't think. The thing with Death Stranding is like, I feel like this is a high concept indie game with a AAA budget. Yeah. And it's going to be incredibly divisive when it launches. It'll be like Red Dead Two, but even more divisive. Yeah. Because like, I love Red Dead Two so much for for all of its issues. I love the slow gameplay. I love riding for like 10 minutes across the countryside and just taking in the sights. Mm-hmm. The mother people despise that. And I feel like Death Stranding is going to be the same way, where it's like you stop and take a piss and I'm going to love it, but some people are going to give it a 4 <laughs> to 10. Yeah. All right. So, games kind of out of the way. All right. So, we got the positive. I'm sorry. We got to say something? Or did I gloss Yeah, I, I wanted to discuss with you just quickly, Keith. Uh, okay. Your, your impressions of the updated trailer for uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I'm excited. Why? <laughs> okay, I've not played any of those games, and you know I'm a big Dragon, Fo- Dragon Ball fan. So, just like Pokemon, Sword and Shield, this is like my jumping point for the Dragon Ball games. Outside of Dragon Ball Fighters. So, I'm kind of uh, looking forward to that. too, if I could, because like, I, I, don't, I don't watch, I haven't seen an episode of Dragon Ball, like any of them. Uh, but I've played a lot of the Dragon Ball games, so I have like, I'm I'm invested in these characters, like the characters. I have a basic understanding of all the all the arcs, but like this will be, it's retelling like a lot of the of the, yeah, famous arcs from Dragon Ball, right? This will be like my my first full time because it's, if it's gonna retell all of them and it's an RPG, like that's my thing. I'm excited for this game as someone who has never seen an episode of Dragon Ball. Well, first of all, you need to go back and watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> you just just go do it. Go watch all the Dragon Ball. Watch all the important arcs. So that would be Trunks arc, Frieza, or the Namek arc. Um, or you could just watch Dragon Ball Abridged. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> you watch oh, that okay, after. Okay, okay. Dra- Dragon Ball Z Kai, okay? So at least it's just the, the shorter yeah, version. Okay, of Kai. Yeah, okay, Kai. You don't watch Abridged until you watched it. Because then Bridge goes back and fucks everything up. Do we have a release date for Kakarot yet? Or is it just 2020? Or 2019? Uh, that... I think it was. That soon? Really? Huh. I'm looking at it right now. But if you have no interest in watching all Dragon Ball, then yeah, go by all means, go watch a bridge. It's hilarious. I mean, it's one of those things that I do want to eventually sit down and, and watch the entirety of one of these days when I have time. But oh, then yeah, if it's, yeah. I know it's a lot, but then yeah, then watch you, watch Kai. On which version you're going to need to put aside a week to about six months. Yeah, because <laughs> you got to because if you go and watch the original Dragon Ball Z, like the original run version of 290 something episodes, you got to watch it one per week, as we used to as kids. 
and lots of filler episodes that they do nothing. Well, except for that one where they get licenses and drive cars. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, March sorry, that's not twenty twenty as a as a yeah, placeholder. Yeah, twenty twenty. But it's like, and so this is why I was curious as to why you guys were, would be interested in this. As somebody who has played a shitload of Dragon Ball games over the years and has seen the Dragon Ball Z saga being played out over and over and over and over again, and then to see this and then see the interface and the way they move and the way that it's all the gameplay set up, I went, shit, it's Xenoverse with just retelling the Dragon Ball storyline. But you said it for yourself right there. You've played them. We've never played them, which is why yeah, it's a which, little which different. Is why, which is why I asked. Pure, pure and aren't they including like, you haven't like played, the original so it's scenes? It's going to be a new experience for you guys. Yeah. So there's so like some new stuff in there. Not really. Most no. of the when when they when they stick to the to the actual storyline, the sagas, they, yeah, they rarely deviate. Yeah, like they keep they're, they're, they're they keep being, the canon. Like if you go back to maybe sort of like the uh, the PS2 Budokai era games, they would retell the saga, but then they'd have sort of a, a bonus what ifs, and that's where it sort of got really interesting. Whereas like they do like some sort of weird fusions or what if uh, this villain actually was able to defeat Goku or something and just play through. But a lot of the, the games nowadays they're either going to stick really tight to the original storyline. Or they might actually come up with something different, which is what Xenoverse did. Xenoverse no. was, was, was the first. Well, it was the first time we'd actually seen a whole new story for the for the Dragon Ball universe in decades, outside of uh, Dragon Ball Heroes. And yeah, they said they're not deviating. This is like you said, straight canon. Other than the fact that it is RPG, well, or has RPG elements in. I should say, excuse me. But yeah, if you sort of want to get a taste of things to come, I'd recommend probably going and getting uh, probably the first Dragon Ball Universe game. That's usually pretty cheap on all platforms right now with all the DLC included. So it's like, see, that way at least you know what the game mechanic's going to be like from what it looks like. Alright. Alright, now we move on to the negative stuff. So, as you may or may not be aware of... Game Informer magazine lost several of the key members over the past week due to cuts and restructuring of GameStop, which is the parent company, the company that owns Game Informer magazine. And things, I mean, was really crappy, the fact that these people lost their jobs. They're some of the more well-respected people in, in the gaming journalism industry. And um, you, you really just hate to see stuff like this happen. But I, I guess the, the writing was on the wall because it is GameStop and GameStop has been trying to stop the bleeding of money and trying to figure out its place in the gaming retail space because that's drying up fast. We all seen that they purchased ThinkGeek and moved all the ThinkGeek stuff into GameStop stores and on the websites as well. So GameStop of old is gone. And now we have this merge between gaming and geek culture stuff and I gotta be honest, when I go to GameStop now, it's like 75% geek, think geek stuff now. And GameStop is in the corner by itself. It's really sad. But, um, yeah, the, the, and it, it, it just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually put this into words now, but we're seeing a lot of these 
gaming magazines or websites run into this same issue. I mean, we've had um, Vice Gaming, they shrank. They were what? What were they before? Waypoint? Oh, I want to say it was Waypoint. You know, that dropped. We, there's, there's been a bunch of magazines that are just dropping out left and right. And this was just another casualty. But this one was not because of the industry. It was because of GameStop. Thankfully, one of the more prominent people, I'm going to say his name wrong. I always say his name wrong. Imran Khan actually got picked up today by Kind of Funny, which is actually a really good pickup for them. They picked up a really knowledgeable person. For the other people so far, we haven't heard anything about what happened to them as of yet. Uh, I'm really hoping that a lot of these people just come together and do what Easy Allies did. Say, you know what? Let's put a Patreon together. Let's work together and do our own thing. Because I don't see many companies in the gaming industry space right now, gaming journalism, hiring people. Most of them are trying to stay afloat themselves. Yeah, with that though, it's like, uh, like even here in Australia, we've had a lot of our prominent homemade gaming magazines sort of disappear off the shelves over the last 12 months in particular. And even EB Games, which is the Australian version of GameStop, I am owned by the same company. I went in the yes, into the, the game, into the store yesterday, and the place looked practically fucking empty. Like, it was weird, because we have it split off into two separate arms. We've got EB Games, which is the video game side of things, which is, from what I saw, just very, very bare anything. And then we've That's got what, what's called what's called Zing Pop Culture, which is where all that think geek merchandise ends yeah. up. And yep. they usually split them off into two separate stores. Well, yeah, I think Geek closed up their brick and mortar shop a month or so ago, and everything got moved into GameStop stores. But but also with the with the um, with the magazines, like we we lost Hyper, which was out one of our magazines for shit nearly twenty years. Um, they 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 closed up shop about six months ago and laid off all their writers. It just it goes to show, like with magazines and stuff like that. Unfortunately, this is the way print media is going. Unless you're something like a newspaper or a gossip rag, you're not really going to have much to do. Like, gaming needs to be up to date to the minute, and you get that via the internet. If you're just waiting on, on a magazine, the magazine's going to be about a month to two months behind. So, why buy the magazine when you can jump on a website like, you know, yadahaven.net and get all your gaming news? Well, yeah. I, I, the, the thing, I like the pitch. Um, there's where I like Game Informer because Game Informer, like IGN, always got exclusives for their magazine because they were owned by, well, they are owned by GameStop. So every month I look forward to my Game Informer magazine because of the exclusive they have in there. And they're really cool art. They have some really good art on there. But losing some of their, I'm, I'm not going to say that the team is well off or is worse off because they still have some great people there. But losing a good majority of their key staff, it's going to hurt them. I don't know what that's going to do with the magazine. Right now, there's still discussions of what exactly is going to change, but it's definitely not going to be the same. And I agree with you. The gaming magazines have been going down here for years. I mean, hell, we we, we, we had IGN, EGM, uh, Game Pro. Uh, Game Pro uh, we had so many of them. Computer Gaming Magazine. We had a lot of them. And now, I can't remember which ones we have in stores anymore. Yeah, we got PC Gamer, yeah. we got Edge still, but that's overpriced as hell over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have? Pretty much just Game Informer, from what I recall. I think PC 
gamer. PC gamers still do it physical. No, they, they still, still do it physical. Yeah, they still got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just those few. I really can't think of any that are like as active or even known. <laughs> um, and I mean, it just makes sense. Obviously, print media is kind of dying away. And I mean, Game Informer has just been around as long as they have, mostly because they don't really like they do news, but they also do like a lot of in-depth feature. Right. And generally what most of the um, like the issue is, which is great because it's it's generally exclusive stuff and and like stuff you probably never would have even heard or thought of that they probably would have never released if they didn't ask them, if they didn't get shown that exclusively, you know, that kind of stuff. That was all that part is always interesting to me. Um, but you know, I mean, it's it can't be lasting as long. I mean, IGN does that now with IGN First, um, which is essentially just the same thing that they did. Yeah, um, I, can I tell you, I hate like IGN First. Or, or, you know, why is that? I just, it's controlling the narrative, completely controlling the narrative. Only this site can have this exclusive, very loud, can go to hell. And then they have it for X amount of months, and you can't get any information other than from them. You can't get any footage other than through through IGN. And it's like, well, okay. Like, for us, we're, we're doing stuff. We're doing it because we enjoy it. We're passionate about it. But if we try to get information about a certain thing, it's like pulling teeth to get it from the publisher or the PR, where yeah. IGN gets it goes, oh, hey, here you go. And it's like, I have to take everything they say at face value. And they could be right, and they could be wrong. But yeah. we're stuck listening to it until either their exclusivity wears off or the game comes out. Yeah. I've always thought of it as just a moniker. I guess I've never really thought of it as, like, in-depth like that, that it actually might be that they have a contract in place that says, oh, we have this news solely for, like, three months or whatever before you could start talking to somebody else. I guess I never really thought about it that way. I always just well, when you look it at it, you look at it like they had <laughs> yeah, because you go anywhere else, nobody else has that news but that site. Yeah, well, I'm going off on a tangent, idea. but yeah. Good business idea. <laughs> eh. Some people call it a monopoly. Yeah, but, I mean, it yeah. sucks for the rest of us, sure. But, but yeah. you know, getting back to games, GameStop and Game Informer, the thing that really bothers me is, is yet again, when companies need to restructure or when they need to recoup some money, they never go up, up top to the people that are making money the same people that are making the bad business decision, which is screwing the company over, they go for the people at the bottom. Which, yes, you're going to say that's how businesses work, and I understand that. But look at we'll take example of com uh, companies in Japan when they screw up, they usually go at the top and say you need to take a uh, you need to take a, a pay cut, or you can leave the company. Over here, we go well. I want my ten million dollars and bonuses no matter how bad i'm doing but those people that are actually doing a good job now nah, screw those people cut them and that's what we're seeing again here it's totally not fair you know and i hope these people you know land on their feet but we've been seeing we're, we're seeing way too many layoffs because of the same thing over and over and, and, and it's not even about gaming magazines going away or there's yeah. too many of them or not enough of them it's bad business decisions that are leading to these kind of choices yeah, and that was kind of the point of what I wrote um, that came out today this morning was that it's not so much because it's not really even at the fault of Game Informer at all. Like they've they've always been doing great work. I'm sure they still have great traffic. I don't think they've had any kind of diminishment in that. Uh, it's just 
the issue being that GameStop has had such a, a rough time, like trying to figure out how they're going to do business in, in, in the game industry today, as opposed to what it was like even five years ago, even five years ago. I mean, physical sales were still way up, like, because um, even then it, it made sense. And that was kind of the point of my article, too, is that they, they're only losing people or at least for the most part, losing people just because GameStop is struggling. I mean, it's all, it's almost as if it's nothing at the fault of anything that they've done. And I'm, I mean, it kind of is, it's, 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 it's nothing that Game Informer has done. It's just GameStop has had such issues with how it's going to adapt with the, the modern gaming industry, just in general. It's just, they've just been kind of suffering. I mean, they've been trying to do like the esports angle for how long they're trying to create like like arenas and like community events and stuff which i don't really understand they haven't really said anything officially on it but there have been like memos and like investors have talked about it just seems so strange they just feel like so out of touch and like their their main publication is suffering for it just because they are trying to do something that's like uh, just absurd like <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me at all it's really sad yeah, yeah, it's basically the whole gaming journalism thing is basically the, the, the scene itself. And then I'll finish it and let you go, Diego. You're about to say something. It just seems like it's in flux. Like it's, it has been for the last 10 years now, maybe longer. We've seen small things come out of that for a while, but this is probably the first major consequence to out of GameStop not knowing what its future is. Not only did they lay off almost half of Game Informer's uh, editorial staff, but they also laid off about 100 people from the corporate headquarters. It's very clear that every part of GameStop right now is, is bleeding, and they're in a bad spot. And it's just sad, because Game Informer is one of the most respected outlets in the industry, one of my personal favorite outlets. They have very, very great in-depth work that they put out, and they have some very, very great people on podcasts, and their video content is phenomenal. And it's sad to see most of the people go. I do hope they, they find something where they can continue to do what they love to do. But as far as GameStop goes, Digital media is rising at such an alarming rate for them, and I'm sure they're they're freaking out every day about what they're going to do. I, I don't think physical media is going to die completely, but I do think GameStop is. And I think if you want a physical copy of a game, you're going to have to go through Amazon or Walmart or some other store that is not a video game specialty store to get it. Because yeah. Think Inc. is not working. Trying to turn GameStops into like esports uh, community hangouts is not going to work. And I, I don't know how they can save themselves at this point. And it's funny because just sitting here, I'm going... You know, all you have to do is look at your biggest competitors, which is Best Buy right now and Amazon right now, and both of them have killed their discount programs. Completely killed them, which has pissed off a lot of gamers. Yeah. And you decided to make a change to yours, which is even worse. But if you sit back and you look at this and you go, what if we offer the discount program that gamers actually want? That right there would help a little bit of the bleeding. And I feel like that's, that's the problem with game informer for the like well, game informer subscriptions i started getting my game informer because it was tacked on to my power up rewards at GameStop yep. when i finally got the membership most people don't specifically go up to a gamestop counter and be like hey can i get 12 months of game informer and i feel like that's the problem because the it's it's very well known that a lot of people do not like the power up rewards program and they hate feeling upset on them and that's probably linked to game informers uh declining subscriptions yeah possible yeah, it's just tough because it's annoying to me how that it's still managed to be to be under wraps that like even though GameStop since 2015 hasn't had a single profitable quarter like at all, 
which is insane to think about and that you you may not even know off the top of your head or have even known prior to you know reading about it or looking into it it's insane how long under wraps it's been where people just haven't realized like people have understood that like GameStop may be in decline but they had literally haven't had a profitable quarter for several years which is insane to think about like a business as big as GameStop not making money <laughs> like losing a ton of profit within these several different years it's just insane I just, ugh. It just goes to show you that the people that are in charge don't know what they're doing, and they're making dumb decisions. Very and clearly. there's and there's nobody there to put them in check. That's the problem. Just, the the GameStop model itself is a dying model, and I don't think it will become profitable ever again after this point. If it does, it'll it'll be some miracle. But going to a store specifically to buy video games is. Not something I have done in in years, and I buy a lot of video games. If if I do buy physical media, which I do a lot, I do it from Amazon, or I do it when I'm at another store that also happens to sell other things. I'm not gonna go specifically to a, go out of my way to go specifically to a GameStop to pre-order or buy a brand new video game. Yeah, it's just a lot of people won't either, and it's just the specialty shop model for video games is not gonna be a thing. Well, right, right, but but what again? What if they get offered you discounts? That would be enough to entice people to go back into the store. Like, for a well, example, well, discounts they, they offer some pretty nice discounts on used products, but I would argue way more. But they push have to push used games so hard on you. You know why? You want to know why? Because used games they get 100% of the profit. Developers and publisher don't see any any cent to that. Not to mention, half the time you go there, unless it's an old used game, it's almost the same price as a new freaking game. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks off. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I buy this? Yeah. I just buy this. All of their money comes from a used game. That's, yeah, I that's not say, a good model. Yeah. I want to say the statistic was like something like 60% of all their total video game sales were in, in used, which makes sense. And that's like where they get all their profit from. That's unless they have they a sale. Unless they have one of those stupid sales where you trade in amount, any amount of games and you make a profit. I remember I did that a couple of years ago where they were selling games. It was like if you trade in five games or more, you got a discount that stacked. And people were buying used games and turning around and selling them back. Yeah, trade loopholes. It's because yep. they're getting really desperate because they want to get trade coming into the store. They want to get used games going out of the store. They want to get that, that cycle going, and they're really desperate to jumpstart it to make a profit. But just the fact that these loopholes are even showing up in their trade deals, like they're getting desperate. Yeah, They've been desperate for a while. So I just want to know where everybody's at in comparison to Modern Warfare and Battlefield Five. How are we feeling? Because I'm uh, on the Modern Warfare side. I think Modern yeah. Warfare is going to blow this game out of the water. I have, I, not, yeah. I have not played Battlefield in a very long time. And I cut my teeth on the very first Battlefield. Battlefield 1942, Battlefield 2. I played Desert Combat when it first came out. We, I talked a lot to the mod, to the developers of that mod when it came out. Um, moved over to Battlefield, what was it 2042? The sci-fi one? Yeah, 2042. Eh. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it was a, it was all right, and then I, after that, I just I just stopped with Battlefield. I mean, I picked them up, I stopped at four, but yeah. I yeah. want to say I stopped at four as well. Like officially, I went back for Battlefield One, which I actually enjoyed a lot, um, just because I think World War One is also pretty interesting. Um, but I, yeah, I officially like stopped on four. I really enjoyed Bad Company, like both of them. 
Bad Company and Bad Company 2 were, were amazing. They were probably yep. some, some of the best Battlefield games. Um, and then Battlefield 3 I actually had some fun with, even though it was kind of meh in comparison. I don't know. They, they, they went for a modern shift, which was totally fine, but it was just... I don't know. It was... It was just kind of like they tried to go gritty, like Call of Duty esque, and it just kind of, it was just a game, you know. I, I I'm indifferent about it, and then four was just kind of the same thing. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm all set. <laughs> I got enough Battlefield in me for a while. If I want, I mean, I, I did play, I did play the Battlefield too. Five. Um, um, was it the betas? And I thought the game was interesting, but it just. It wasn't enough to get me go. Oh, this is great! This is a great game. I'm gonna jump in and play it because it, like, it's eh. improved a lot since the beta, but still, it's not anywhere where it needs to be. Yeah, I, th- I think the modern warfare is gonna blow us out of the water. So yeah, yeah it's probably. Kind of a problem. How was uh, Firestorm? Because I've heard Awful. mixed opinions Dead. on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about too. that. Okay, I kind of figured. It I, was fun. I there was I played some... a little bit of it. Like it, it, it was different. They had things going for it. Like there were objectives you can capture on the map. There were like yeah. vehicle depots and stuff. But like that gameplay does not serve it itself well to a battle royale. Yeah, no one plays. Is, yeah, <laughs> which is interesting because I would have thought that would have been kind of kind of cool. Yeah, it, but... on paper it sounds great, but the execution was really bad. Yeah, it was basically hey, we got a battle royale as well. Hello. Pretty then, much, yeah. I feel like people were really like excited for it the day it launched when they played it, and they're like, "Okay, I'm I'm done. I got my fill." Yeah. The only thing that interested me about that game was that like the DLC plan sounded cool because it sounded yeah. like they were just gonna like start from like the beginning to the end of the war, which is like a really yeah. cool idea. But at the same time, it just and they, they still it's one of my favorite parts about it before I even got it. Like every every week, you get like a part of this this. There's tides of war and there's chapters and that's like their season kind of thing and every mm. week it's like a new part of the storyline and you complete challenges to unlock a new weapon a new skin whatever the new piece of content that week is it's just the problem with battlefield 5 is the content has been delivered at such a slow pace it's been a drip feed of content over the past few months we've gotten maybe three maps since launch it's not it's wow. not enough and they they're canceling like new modes on top of this and they need more content and I, big update is coming this fall with the pacific theater but that needed to happen sooner. And it is cool they're doing like the war in real time, but they need to deliver content in between giant like milestones. Otherwise people people leave. Like I, I don't play anymore because there's just it's the same thing I've been playing since launch pretty much. Just minor improvements. Yeah. At least they're up front and being transparent. That's all I can say. Yeah. You know, they need to write their ship. But unfortunately it just goes to show you that the the uh, misfortune of EA has it's still going. Yeah, a lot of their live services are not doing too hot. A lot of nothing the is FIFA. doing too hot. FIFA's always going to do good. Yeah, <laughs> that that's just a given, though. But yeah, yeah I think that's it. Always do well too, but we've we've seen a couple of flops. So Diego, what do we know about the indie developer who created the game Dark? Uh, this is probably the first developer to publicly refuse Epic's deal and make like a huge deal about it. It's getting headlines over the place. Um, this comes like right after the news of Ooblets accepting the Epic deal and trying to trying to give reasoning as to why they accepted it. So it's really cool that we have two indie devs, one totally for an Epic exclusivity deal, one totally against, and they both give their reasoning. But like, it's it's really strange how Epic's had their store since December. They've been picking up exclusive after exclusive. So I just want to know where everybody's at on the Epic Game Store scenario as it stands right now. Uh, we know that in 
September, I believe, Hades, the first big Epic Games Store exclusive announced at the Game Awards last year, is coming to Steam. Full year is up. December 10th. So we're starting to see games that were announced as Epic Games Store exclusives leaving the Epic Games Store. We're seeing developers start to refuse these deals because there's going to be a lot of backlash. And they're also using it as marketing. Like Dark has shot up in sales and reviews on Steam ever since this announcement has come out. Don't forget Metro Exodus ended up on Windows Store months after. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I want to know where everyone's at on the Epic Games Store because it's it's it feels like this landscape changes every week. My my stance has not changed since it changed the last time. Um, my issue is not with the Epic Games Store. My issue is with how they're trying to bully the way into the digital storefront. How they're using their money, how they're using their tactics, how they're pretty much acting like gamers are idiots. But they also have games that people want to play, and they are forced to go to Epic Games Store to play these games. I, I understand it is a business. I just do not like the tactic that they're using. So if there's a game owner I want to play, I'll definitely play it because I want to play a set game. But if I had a choice not to use Epic Games Store, I would not use it. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming in the same boat. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I really don't remember the last time I opened up my Epic Games Store. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't gotten a chance to hop into Metro Exodus, but now that I know it's, uh, it's in Game Pass and it's also going to be just in general available for PC too. The Windows Store, I, I'm just going to get it there because, <laughs> I mean, it's just not only is this something more familiar with, but I've made purchases on there before and I just would prefer to use it there. I, I just it, it, I'm not encouraged to use it mostly just because of the way their predatory business actions are. And I mean, it's not like I said, I mean, and Keith said it too, you know, their store isn't bad i mean it's not designed horribly there's just like not certain things that are on there that steam has there's certain things that are on there that that the windows store might have you know it's just i just think they, they're very upfront about how aggressively exclusive they're trying to be and they're just like buying up things left and right and swinging money everywhere and it's just like i just it's not endearing to me at all i mean it's 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 just i have no like qualms with it but i also just don't think <laughs> i just it's not gonna be my first choice same deal you know uh it's just you know base I, i'm waiting for our last topic of the evening okay all right Diego. Uh, i think i wanted to ask you guys about the store real quick do you think triple a game probably can just because they have that that market share and that fan base but do you think if an indie game takes an epic game store deal that it, it'll have a negative effect on their studio in the future. It's one of the reasons that the Dark developer has said that he's refused the deal is that if you were to take the exclusivity deal, it would forever ruin the credibility of his studio. Okay. Like, do you so, think that's that's a, a valid concern for, for so any devs looking to take these deals? Yes. He's concerned about the backlash. He's concerned about the backlash because he had already announced it was coming to Steam. Things likely would have been different if he had not announced it was coming to Steam. But because it did get announced for Steam, and then he would decide to go back and later change his, his stance, then yeah, there will be a backlash. We've seen it many times. How many games have been kickstarted that were supposed to come to Steam and all of a sudden are now on the Epic Game Store? Too How many, many games were announced yeah. to come to Steam and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we're just going to go many. over here because Epic has their hands in my pocket. Yeah. I think it just so, makes sense for them at this point. Because it's yeah. like, there's now a precedence in place where people, like, m many people have complained about this issue before. I mean, it happened with Shenmue. Now it's happening um, with Ooblets. So it's like, you know, Phoenix there's, there's Point, a precedence in Division place now two. where people have been 
Yeah, exactly. Metro yeah, Exodus. Like, do you, do like, you guys they're... think, like, outside of a few, like, diehard people who are 110% anti-Epic in two or three years that this will still be, like, an issue? We'll this is going to be an that, issue like, as long as they keep it up. Okay, here's something, here's something that I, I said this the other day, because Kotaku put out an article about um, developers going onto uh, the Epic uh, store and and signing these exclusivity deals and basically a lot of developers that are signing them are now going please don't at, have a go at me on Twitter and stuff like that so they've, they've become very snowflakey. Ooblitz uh, is doing that. The people who did meet Ooblitz or Ooblitz, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. Like, like those type of, like they're going please you know we did this so we could actually bring you a product because. There's been some games that are like been on Kickstarter and stuff like that, haven't quite met their funding goals. Epic's come along and said, "Look, you sign an exclusivity deal with us, we'll help fund the rest of your game." That's business. That is a business decision. And if there's one thing that I've been stating over the last couple of years, is what's always best for business is not always best for consumers. Like, if great the company gets to make the game, they get to put it out. But now they're locked behind an exclusivity deal that a, a lot of customers don't want to pay, take part in. So but consumers are still sheep. They'll buy the games. The store will keep going. The exclusivity deals will keep going. And it's a repeatable cycle. That's how we got things like these shitty DLC and microtransaction practices. Because people will buy it. Well, people are going to buy it because they're waiting do, for the games. Companies will do business first and consumers will put their wants above their needs and their there's, there's a problem with this and the okay so bear with me because i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little deeper into this okay so yes you make a valid point carl and there have been games that were kickstarted they were supposed to come to the pc and the epic decided to say hey we're gonna help you now those are different stories because those games had met their 100 percent funding and more on kickstarter so they or a completely different story because the backers funded their game. Now, Epic comes in and says, hey, we can keep funding you or guarantee you at least the bare minimum to keep you afloat and keep you making money. And that's a lot of that's what a lot of developers are looking at, the fact that it's basically a less risk of losing our houses and whatnot because we're going to guarantee. So say the bare minimum is making $50,000 a year on this game. Epic's going to promise you guys will make at least $50,000 in this game. So they're giving them a life jacket, which is very appealing to a lot of people who don't know the future of their indie company or what's happening with them. And I get that, and I think what Epic is giving them is a great, it's a great thing. But Epic's pretty much, you know, I'm scratching your back, you're going to scratch mine. We want X amount of months of exclusivity for your game. Okay, fine. I would not have a problem with that if you had not already told me that this game was coming here, 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 and here. Now, a lot of people are getting upset about it. I was more so upset about it in the beginning because, yes, you told me something and then you went behind our backs and lied, especially if I helped kickstart or fund a game for you. Yes, that is a problem. For indie developers that have had no contact with Epic Games whatsoever, and Epic Games comes out and says, hey, you know, we can help fund your game, but they haven't made any announcements yet? Okay, fine, great. That's great, fine. Stay there. Do what you want to do with Epic Games. Let them help you. That's a win. Okay, great. That's a positive. People shouldn't get upset about that. 
that is a business decision. I, and I understand that. I would rather know that I have some kind of certain to, certain income coming in that I don't have to worry about anything. The problem that Epic Games is having is they're they're not just doing that. They're going in and taking games from other platforms, and people are coming in saying, this is console wars on the PC. And some people just don't understand why people are throwing up in arms. I mean, I, I keep going to Twitter, and people are like, why are these guys getting mad about these games going up the game store or nowhere else? And it's like, because the PC platform was always an open platform. As much as people want to argue and yell and say Steam was a monopoly, they were not a monopoly. The fact that a game went to Steam and was able to go to other locations, and Steam didn't say, or Valve didn't say, well, if you're going there, you can't sell your game here. Or if you're selling your game on here, you can't sell your game there. They never once came out and said that. So how the hell is that a monopoly? But that's what Epic Games is doing. They're making a monopoly. Steam's going, well, if you want to do that, that's fine. They haven't once stepped in and said, hey, we can match what they're doing. They're going, well, we don't care. If that's what you want to do, that's on you. We're not stepping in. So... Epic Games is kind of, no, they are muddying up the waters, and it's a problem. And as you said, Carl, as long as they keep making these deals, and it'll keep happening. It's so the same thing that happened with uh, streaming television. You know, first we had Netflix came in, that came in, bought a whole heap of TV shows, became the one-stop shop for, for video streaming on the internet. Now, all of a sudden, we have, you know, uh, we got YouTube going, and we've got, you know, uh, Hulu, and uh, we got Disney Plus coming up, and just about every company has their own single, uh, you know, streaming service. That's what the PC marketplace has become. We started out with Steam. Steam got popular. The companies are going, "Hey, why are we paying Steam when we can just do this ourselves?" And now we've got the same kerfuffle. Now we've got uh, how many? Let's have a quick look. On, on my on my PC alone. I have Steam, Uplay, Bethesda Debt, Origin, Epic Games. And that's just, that's what, five out of probably about another ten out there. Don't forget Battle.net, unless you already said that. Oh, yeah, but, sorry, Battle.net as well. You know, that's, okay, so I've got six different launches for my video games on my PC now. Whereas before it used to be Steam. I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I don't have an issue with that. That happens. Again, that was also one of the problems of being an open open platform is anybody can set up shop and offer games. That's great. I, I don't have a problem with that. The problem is when one company decides to come in and say, you know what, we're going to do what we want to do and we're going to make everything exclusive to us and you can't do anything about it because we have more money than you. Obviously, people, people are weak. Money is important. Um, sometimes practices, good practice, get tossed out the window to make a dollar. Maybe you know, you need to make that dollar. So you have to bite the bullet and say, okay, fine, I'll do this. It happens. I, I, I don't fault these developers. The only ones I do fault are the ones that made a promise, were funded, and then decided to do a complete 180 and go, nope, screw you guys. We took your money and you walked away. I feel there needs to be some kind of clause in place with Kickstarter and Indiegogo where if you told me that this game is coming on this platform, and then after the game is funded, you decide to go, you know what, screw you guys, we're not doing this. There should be a clause that says, well, since you're not agreeing, you're not keeping to the actual business contract, because that is a contract, you need to pay back these people. 
Yeah, it's it's tough. I I don't know if like a site like Kickstarter would even have the authority or, or ability to do so though, because it it would just be because like take like Shenmue three for example. I just pulled it up here just because I was curious. I mean they they were they had pledged a goal of two million and, and it got three times that like yep. easy like with like almost seventy thousand backers. Um, there wasn't anything in particular, at least from what I remember, when the Kickstarter was still active, that they were like saying anything about that it was going to be specifically on Steam or just in general where it was going to be. I mean, they had said it was going to be on PlayStation Two, um, right? But they never, they, they never stated just where it was going to be in general. So it's not like at the beginning they ever said, yeah. So it's just kind of tough. I don't know, Gogo or anything like that, putting a clause or a rule in place where they could kind of. You know, just set a rule that if you say something, because then no developer who goes to Kickstarter and wants to back a game is going to say what what platform they want it to be on anyway. Which you know they don't have to, but it's still it's just like it's going to be hard to enforce regardless of that. I just I wouldn't know how they would even be able to do that, or don't have any kind of exclusive offers in place. It's that simple. The the Shenmue developers and Deep Silver and whatnot really screwed the pooch. Just Right before they announced they were going to Epic Games, like a week or so before that, two weeks, they sent out our survey saying Steam Keys. So it was already announced it was coming to Steam. And then you go and do this. Like, did you know you were going to do this and then decide to say, no, we don't care? And then think that people would not have an issue with that? Or were you that ignorant and like, fuck them? It's just really weird. The timing was really off. But, you know, it's, it is what it is, unfortunately. And I'm glad that the dev- developer stood their ground and said, no, we're not going to do this. And I, he had... I, I think he's not the first to... I mean, he won't be the last to do it. No, he won't be sure. the last to do it. You know, watching... Because, uh, again, as, as somebody looking from the outside, looking in, they'll, they'll probably be like, why are you guys making a big fuss? What's the big deal? And it's like, you just don't understand how these fans are. If they say they're not going to buy said game... There are a lot of them that will buy the game, but there are a lot of them that won't buy the game. And, you know, I'd rather have 100% of income versus just the 50% of the income coming in. Yeah, and I think refusing the Epic deal publicly just gives you a lot of a lot of marketing. I feel like Dark is on a lot of people's radars now, and it wasn't before. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, I never heard of the game before I even started reading the news about it. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, good that they stood up for it. Yeah, like Shenmue was fun. That game had money. They didn't need to take this deal. That's enough about Epic. Uh, Speaking of companies throwing money around, though. uh, Microsoft has been acquiring a bunch of studios in the past year, but Sony decided to pick one up as well. They, they, They picked up Insomniac Games. Insomniac Games is joining the PlayStation Worldwide Studios. Uh, they are the developers behind last year's clearly acclaimed and best-selling PlayStation exclusive of all time, Marvel Spider-Man. Bloodborne. Oh, sorry. I wish. Bloodborne <laughs> yes. is so good. Uh, they, they've made a lot of PlayStation-specific franchises. The Dragon, Ratchet and Clank, Resistance. They they have made uh, games that are not on PlayStation. Most likely will be Sunset Overdrive for, for Microsoft on Xbox One and a couple of VR games exclusive for Oculus. But for the most part, they've pretty much been a second party studio for playstation since since their inception and now they are officially a first party studio uh question what are, what are our thoughts on that okay yeah have you heard or seen any negative black backlash on this no just every, okay. everyone i've seen including people at insomniac are are thrilled okay i'm just curious 
Because, you know, when Sony, when Microsoft brought those studios, it was like, oh, no, why are they doing this? Oh, no, this is bad. Oh, no. The, the, I think the, it's just because the... Insomniac has pretty much been a PlayStation studio until this point. It's yeah. just official now. With the exception of, like, one or two games here and there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. I mean... I just think it's hilarious, because Insomniac Games has always prided itself on its independence, and yeah. they are getting purchased. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did say yeah, that a while ago. But like, they had any like, plans, like but... you said, when you introduced it, they just made one of the biggest, like, selling games for Sony in the last few years in Spider-Man. It makes sense that they're gonna go, "Hey, look, you make us a lot of money. Um, yeah, have some. You, we own you now." Yeah. And one, and once again, we also now hold something else. Spider-Man, suck at Disney. Yeah, I also think most people point to Spider-Man being the main reason for the studio acquisition, which I, yeah, obviously Spider-Man, best-selling superhero game of all time, best-selling PlayStation exclusive of all time. Of course, they're going to snatch that studio up. But I also think this is a PlayStation VR move. Somniac's made a couple of pretty good Oculus VR games. I don't know if they're going to keep making uh, games exclusive to the Oculus platform, but Insomniac has experience making high-quality AAA-level uh, VR experiences, and Sony Spider-Man is Spider-Man VR, go. Oh, man, I wish. They could <laughs> hey, totally do that now, too. Motion sickness. Hey man, the the movie don't VR tie-ins work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't Throw care as long VR as I can whip it on. <laughs> I I will I will tie a fucking garbage bag around my face so I can throw up straight into it. And just keep swinging. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think all in all, every aspect of of this studio fits perfectly with with what Sony's trying to do, and it's great to see the studio like they're they're secure now. Not not that they were ever in any any uh, threat of going out of business or anything or going under, but they have big boy Sony backing them now, and that's cool. Maybe we'll get another Bring resistance, resistance game out of them. That'd be nice. Bring back resistance. Yes. Well, see, that that's the thing. Like, Insomniac Games is that, that good of a developer. Like, they have been the first company since, like, the Spider-Man uh, 2 movie adaptation to get web-swinging right for the first time ever but like they're not afraid to innovate and try something weird and different you know uh as we were saying beforehand they did sunset overdrive which was a very weird game but yeah very very fun and you know they've got um i believe they've also got the jack and daxter series which has also been innovative different and fun jack is a naughty dog yeah was it yeah that was their ps2 stuff the problem with that is they were so much similar. It's like, oh, they, we've got Ratchet and Clank, we've got Jack and Daxter. Yeah, I think Ratchet's done now because they had the movie and the reboot, and that none of those did particularly well. So, yeah, have they got Psych. Have they got Psych Cooper? That's Sucker Punch. No. Yeah, Sucker Punch. Yep. God damn it! But they all came out around the same time. They all were pretty much synonymous with you know PlayStation. So everybody had a mascot game around the time. Yeah. Well, it's good for Slumiac, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's they. They were pretty much a PlayStation Studio before this, but now it's now it's officially in writing somewhere. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to point out about cool. Sunset Overdrive, because a lot of people are like, "Oh man, I really like Sunset Overdrive." Now we're never going to see a sequel. Uh, Insomniac uh, is big on their te- independence. Technically, so the, we the can. The deal is they they own the IP, they own Sunset Overdrive, so we could see another one on PlayStation. Yeah, you, yes. you, you got to remember, it wouldn't be the first time that something like this has happened. Um, Saints Row, by when THQ was originally doing it, Saints Row One was exclusive to the PlayStation 360, but then two through current. Wait, what did you just say? Have been put through. 
Saints Row. What system? You're drunk. Go home. 360? You said PlayStation, PlayStation 360. 360. <laughs> like, what? Go home. You're drunk. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about future times. You know, like, like <laughs> yeah, the, you know the, PS5, the PS5 spaceship. <laughs> but, um, no, like, it was on the Xbox 360 and then the rest of the games for multi-platform. But a lot of people think Microsoft so owns that IP, but Insomniac no, is taking don't. that IP with them. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't. So they could do Sunset, Over, Sunset Overdrive 2 on the PlayStation. Yeah, they totally could. Or like we were saying before the podcast, or maybe you don't like, you know what? We'll put it on the platform as well. I mean, we are on, on the same page saying it. Sony probably would take a page out of Microsoft's book, you know, with Minecraft and what other studios they picked up. They're still allowing their games to be pushed to other platforms like the Outer Worlds. Well, Plus, there's also nothing saying that now that they are with Sony, that they can't actually re-release Sunset Overdrive for the PlayStation. No, they can't. I think Microsoft has exclusive like rights for the first game. I'd say those rights are probably well and truly expired by now. But who knows? I don't have contracts. Yeah, it would be really interesting to see like all the fine details in all. I mean, especially since they just renewed Sunset Overdrive because it came out for the yeah. PC. I don't know. Even if they but, could make a new sunset, this studio is 100% at hard at work on Spider-Man 2, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. yeah like This is also interesting as well, because they've got games coming out for the like Oculus Rift, like Edge of Nowhere. Yeah. Um, supposedly they've got one called Stormland. Stormland coming. is out this year, yeah. That's yeah, uh, their big open world one. That is an Oculus Rift exclusive, actually. Yeah, so, so I wonder if that'll hit PSVR one day. That's that's the main question I've got. It's like now that they've signed the contract with Sony, does this mean that maybe they'll lose that Oculus Rift exclusivity and go? I think oh, hey. I saw that like Oculus wasn't worried about uh, Insomniac joining Sony. Like they still have exclusivity for Stormland, but like they've made three other games for Oculus PC platforms. So maybe those could hit PSVR. And I'm sure Stormland is not permanently exclusive like, forever. It it will eventually that contract will expire. Yeah. Sony needs more PSVR games. So. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably just a timed exclusive for the most part. Most, oh, Playing every Oculus game that's been Oculus Store exclusive has not ever come to Steam yet, but VR is still very, very new, so yeah. we don't exactly know the fine print in those contracts. But it, it's very interesting that they, they bought this studio not only as the devs of Spider-Man, but also as a, a very prominent VR developer. Yeah. I can also imagine the architecture between each VR headset's got to be pretty different. I can't imagine it's all similar enough so that they can just kind of port something over. Yeah, know? PlayStation sure VR a lot of time is like the most different. Because yeah. like the, the Vive and, and the Index and the and the Rift are pretty similar in like tracking and displays, but PSVR has got its own weird stuff going on. Yeah. Those move controllers. <laughs> and it looks like Insomniac is just going to be stuck doing Spider-Man in um, Ratchet and Clank games. I don't even think they'll do Ratchet, man. I think they're 100% Spider-Man. I think Ratchet's done. No, no, there's a there's an article with um Layton talking about it. They were talking about the Sunset Overdrive license and they're like, We're not worried about that, but what we do want to see is them working on Spider Man and Ratchet and Clank. Which is which is good. Yep. They're, they're two very two very, you know, profitable franchises, so why not? It's just weird hearing them mention Ratchet, because yeah. like the reboot ended like it teased the second game very clearly, but we haven't heard anything about Ratchet since since 2016. Yeah, I know they went back. Bombed, 
but like I heard that the, the, the actual game reboot fine. of the game got good reviews. Yeah, yeah, it reviewed well. It sold pretty well. The movie like did not do well at all, though. The movie yeah. did not have any reason to actually exist, but you know. Yeah, it was an idea. It was around Try the time where a lot of video game movies were trying to come back again. Yeah. I think and it was around the same Cooper time the Assassin's Creed. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like around the same time. It was, it was one of those ones that got, was that got filmed down or... and a lot of other stuff as well. Yeah. Oh boy. But but hey, I'm I'm all you're welcome. Please give me more Spider Man. But this time give me Venom. Oh yeah. Please. I want Venom or at least a black suit, goddammit. Please follow up on that goddamn tease at the end of the game. So there's spoilers. You know they will. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a black suit in Spider-Man 2, 100%. Yay. I'm happy. All right. So we're going to wrap up this show a little longer today. But that's okay. That's all right. We like talking about games in the game industry. Um, any closing thoughts before we wrap it up? Still don't know what Death Stranding is. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I'm really excited to take a piss on November 8th. Oh, That's yeah. all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, God. Is this uh, the first uh, game where you can actually piss on stuff? Because everybody got really excited when you started uh, doing it like Bad Fur Day. And Conquer. Yeah. Uh, this so, is the first so, game where so, you can so, piss as Norman Reedus. Uh, <laughs> Dude, motion <laughs> yeah. babies, though. Motion Yo, that, okay. Baby. I said that we were watching it. I was like, they were like, you can shake your baby by, you know, rock your baby by shaking the controller. And the first thing that went through my head was, Oh boy, this is not going to end well. Kick the wait. baby. <laughs> this is not going to end well at all. I, I just have to ask this. Okay, so we've got motion control, baby rocking. We've got the ability to take a piss. This is only missing one more thing to be game of the year, no matter what. And that's can and you pet the dogs? Better believe We're... if there's a dog in Death Stranding, it's pettable. I was going to say, I didn't think there were any dogs in that game. You can pet the dog in Metal Gear Solid 5. Good so dog. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> You can hold the invisible baby, right? So, I'm sorry, the cross dimension, the cross dimensional baby, with the mom who can't move out of that location. Yeah, that game's gonna be so weird. I can't wait. So you're taking off a week from school and work to play this game. I do that for pretty I, much every. I'm, I'm game gonna have my psychologist <laughs> on speed dial when I got that game. Because <laughs> I'm expecting a complete and utter mind fuck with this being Kojima and not being as political as everything else he's done in Metal Gear in the last 10 years. I think the last time I sat down and played a game like this with my wife was like Metal Gear Solid uh, 4? Where she just sat there with me and watched me play it. I think we might have to do that for Death Stranding. Like, it, this is definitely one of those type of games where you, you can play it with somebody else. Like my fiance. Uh, I'll probably end up playing it with her. I might even actually get her to play it. I might sit down and watch. She doesn't play through many games. She's struggling to get through Last of Us, but you know she's enjoying that. But um, my final thought is I welcome the PlayStation Five spaceship. Because anybody, you haven't seen the photos of like what this supposed oh, 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 yeah. prototype yeah. Yeah, thing yeah. is. For the, for the PS5, like if, the, if, if if that's the console, the way the console is going to look when it comes out, no way, hell, I, that's I, just freaking ugly. That is I so ugly. I don't care. You know how sick I am of fucking boxes. Every every con every console has been a box. Give us every every shame. console. Well, not, well, shit. Take a look at most of them. the original NES, the SNES. Anything Sega's made, PlayStations. The, the Atari Jaguar says hi. Dude, just give me the boomerang controller, <laughs> and then I'm I'm good. <laughs> like, give, give me give me something that's gonna stand out on my shelf for God's sake. 
It doesn't look like the same as my fucking Blu-ray player or something. Well, that's the thing. They want uh, conformity. They want them all to look nice and presentable and, you know, on your shelf. They don't want anything outrageous and crazy. Fuck that. Nintendo says hi. That's what PCs are for. <laughs> Even then, PCs are still a box. They can go as crazy as they want. As long as it fits on my TV stand, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Can have as many curves or edges or ninety. It'll, it'll be it'll be a bowl. It'll, it'll be a circle. Like where the hell am I supposed to put this at? Where do the wires go? I don't know. It's weird stuff. It would uh, like, uh, the the Omen Cube PC that they brought out a few years ago. Oh my god! Somebody I know swears by the Omens, and I'm like, those things. I'm sorry. I'm going to get a lot of criticism for this. I think those things are fucking ugly. I'm sorry. I do not like that design. No, I agree. Anything that's I, like, this is a gamer's machine, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> like, it's like, no, this is, no, this is terrible. I'm, no. It's so big, it's obtrusive, uh, uh, obtrusive, it's just like, what the fuck is this thing? No, I don't, I don't like it. I didn't, I've never liked it. That's why I don't get any, like, Asus PC parts. Because just the name Republic of Gamers is just so, uh. <laughs> It's just not something I that want is like to see. Re- Re- Republic, Republic of Gamers, you mean Republic of China? <laughs> you don't like Rogue? 15% tariffs as of next month. <laughs> oh, dear God. Thanks, Cheeto. Yeah, he's going to fuck everybody over. And then PlayStation, the next PlayStation and Xbox. Is, well, that's an interesting question. Will it affect the Xbox pricing? Or just the PlayStation pricing? No, like, Xbox is made in America, isn't it? Well, actually, the parts will be made in made in China. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, I think it's going to affect all of them. Yeah, pretty much. But then again, it's only affecting stuff coming out of China, not so much Japan. So, Nintendo products and possibly Sony products wouldn't be affected as much. All right, I'm calling it. We're done. I'm yarning. I need to go to hell to bed. <laughs> and we've had another great show. So once again, thank you for listening to the us ramble. And as always, you can check us out on AudioBoom.com. Check for a spectator mode. Or Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and uh, YouTube. So for me and Carl and Diego and Rob, thanks for listening. Have a great night. Go play some video games.